up that diesel. Um, 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 let's go diesel. Um. Dog, I'm excited about this class. I can't lie. I'm telling you, yo. Cliff, you know me. I be all about my wideouts. And I, I I, I hate to keep repeating it, dog, but I just did not think Deami would be there in the third round. Like, no right. fucking way we're taking Deami Brown in the third round, let alone at 83? What? Also, you know the, the best thing about, about mm. like, the state of our roster mm -hmm. is we aren't relying on any of Like, mm -hmm. outside of Jameen, Jameen Davis, mm -hmm. we're not relying on any of these guys next to Real shit. It's not like make or break. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you got to play or we're yep. fucked. Yep. It's not like that with any of them. We've never been in that scenario before, man. St. Jude's can find a role. The we have a legitimate, a, a legitimate too deep. Yeah, we're, that's, we that's, are too deep. And that's crazy. Then, like legitimately too deep. That's crazy. Almost man. every position right now. Mm -hmm. That's fucking crazy. Let alone just to see our O-line, like the depth that we have right now. Like, and like you said, half the time Moses kept playing because we had nobody else to put in. And Moses was like, I can't leave the team out there like this. I gotta go out there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like now it's like Moses, no, sit your ass down. We need you long term. We got somebody we can plug and play for a game. Sit down. It's okay. Like, we're right. not panicking. We don't have to pull Donald Penn off the street no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is this is a good thing, man. So Niggas ain't even niggas forgot about DeShazer Everett. Oh, Cliff, you know I'm you know I'm a Shazer. You know what I'm saying? Like uh -huh. even like free safety. Mm -hmm. We'll have DeShazer back. Mm -hmm. We'll have Reeves. Yep. Right. It's not, and I mean that's and it's gonna make our special teams even better because a lot of these guys will have will basically have to fight for roster spots by making it via special teams. Like Troy Apke. Yeah. Like that's mm -hmm. the position we're putting our roster in to where mm -hmm. like you if you are at the on the um third or the third spot in the depth chart, you better be on teams. Mm -hmm. You have to earn that team spot because mm -hmm. that's what that's the only way you're gonna be on the team. Let me start by saying this. I, I noticed a theme with all the draft picks. Uh, I know you guys follow the relative athletic score. Everybody they drafted minus two had an elite relative athletic. Ranking. I'm gonna read them off to you real quick. I'm right in front of me. Jameen Davis, 9.94 out of 10. Samuel Cosme, 9.99 out of 10. Benjamin St. Juice, 8.13 out of 10. Dynami Brown, 8.38. John Bates was the aberration at 6.79, which is still average. Derek Forrest, 9.69. Cameron Cheeseman, a long snapper, 8.37. William Bradley King, 9.18. Shaka Tony, 9.47, and Dax Milne is the other aberration in the list, a 4.59, which ranks as a below-average athlete. But 8 out of 10, it says something about what they're trying to do. They're trying to raise the total athleticism of this team, trying to raise the team speed. I don't mind the strategy at all. I think the more playmakers, the more potential playmakers you can have on a roster, the better. I, I like drafting for fit, but when in doubt, draft the best athlete. That's what Rivera's been preaching to us since he got here, you know, as far as players being versatile, whether it's offensive linemen, for example, being able to line up in different positions, whether it's linebacker being able to play middle, strong, weak. Like, he wants people that he can move around. I mean, you know, injuries happen. 
And obviously we're real familiar with having a team full of injuries. So <laughs> best yeah. case scenario is find, find the versatile players that can bring some team speed, which we know we've been lacking overall for years. And it was, I mean, I'm actually excited about all the players that we got as far as this team speed, because we've been talking for years, man. Like we've had either one of the slowest defenses or the slowest offenses in the league for years and years. And to see this team finally addressing that, like the options just seem endless as far as what we could do offensively and defensively, defensively as far as moving around people. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, I mean, look, the RS scores definitely play its own part, but I think more importantly, like, sure, they took athletes, but when you read the scouting reports about these guys, I think the one thing, like, you see some other similarities with the players beyond the focus on athleticism. It seems like character, work ethic, these are things that, like, Rivera talked about when he, when he first got here as being things that he wanted to make sure he was bringing in. For, so for me, that stood out more than the athlete part because we didn't take, and I don't think we've taken since he's been here last two years, anybody with any character question marks mm-hmm. at all. Like those guys have seemingly generally been off the board. So I think that's the part that stood out more for me. The athletic part, sure. I think everybody wants to take athletes. I can say I feel like when it comes to the draft, some teams, it's like pe- people like to pick and choose when they're like, oh, he plays faster than his than his, his numbers. You know what I'm saying? If you like a player, you'll just be like, well, I like him, saw his tape. They show you his athleticism, you're like, well, he plays faster than that. So I feel like teams always make a reason as to why they would choose someone who wasn't, quote unquote, athletic if they really wanted to. Look, you got to get faster. That's the name of the game. You want to be mm-hmm. the Chiefs? You want to play these teams that are spreading you out? You better be fast. Another thing that I noticed is experience. They drafted a lot of guys that have played a lot of football. I, I don't know about starts, but I, I wasn't able to uh, get all that information. But a lot of these players have well over 30, 35 career games played in college. Like Cosme, 35, and I believe he was a three-year starter. Brown, 32 games. Forrest, 39. William Bradley King, 36. Shaka Tony played 40 games at Penn State. Like These guys are experienced players. Not only are they high character, not only super athletic, you get the feeling that they're going to be able to come in and find the role sooner than later because they have that experience. They'll be able yeah. to come right in and fit the locker room that Rivera's been trying to build. A bunch of captains, a bunch of leaders, a bunch of guys that love football. So, And yeah. higher maturity level, just like ready to go. Mm-hmm. And, like you, yep. and like you said, Paul, because the, the other thing is, right, they're looking at guys who are trying to be maybe move, like put in specific roles, like you said. And so those guys having that experience – and being guys who play, like, you weren't just a senior when you left. Like, Davis doesn't have the amount of game experience. The rest of them is like, nah, you played games. Mm-hmm. Major conference, high level. You know, the Tony part is crazy to me that Tony would go that way. Crazy. Not a while that a player from crazy. that school who played, was a four-year player. Yeah. With that type of right? motor. Yeah. With that motor, I mean, he, te- yeah. he tested well. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite draft pick from the weekend? The one player that was like, yeah, this this is my guy. <laughs> I'm probably going to steal a little bit of Paul's thunder because I'm sure he's going to say this one. But DeAndre you already know Brooks, what I'm going to say. Like, and the reason I didn't bring him up much was because, one, I thought this guy was like first round, second round talent. I thought when we would come around to the third round, I didn't think this type of play would be available to us. That's why I kept mentioning to y'all, like, Daz Newsom, for example, late because we know – Mac Brown at UNC, they had a high-octane offense. Like, they had skilled position players that just – they're ballers. And there's mm-hmm. no way that I anticipated De'Ami Brown being there at our pick, let alone we took him with the second third-round pick. 
This is a player that, I mean, he's instantly coming in. He could take the top off. People were comparing him to Terry McLaurin. I mean, he's 6'1", 180, 190, runs a 4'4". He's just a playmaker, man. And to get him where we did, like, I did not <laughs> – there's no way you could have told me he would have fell to the to our second pick in the third round. So, for me, definitely De'Ami Brown. A lot of people said that he had first-round talent. The only real knock against him is that he has some concentration drops. And even Rivera mentioned that in his podcast today with J.P. Finley. Like, they, we're well aware of his concentration drops. But the value of 82 for get a guy – the only player at UNC history to have back-to-back 50-catch, 1,000-yard seasons, 20 career touchdowns. The value there is incredible. And like I said in our last podcast, he's an outstanding pair for Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin. Like, you have your – honestly, he might be a, a more of a do-everything receiver than Terry. Not to say that Terry's not a great do-everything player, but he has that kind of a bigger body, like bigger catch rating. So he might be a, a great deep threat, but he also might be a great underneath, middle-of-the-field guy and you can, you, you know, he's just a part of a puzzle at this point, and he can do a lot of things for you. But like you said, great value, 82. You know, that's my guy. I've been standing on the table for him since January. I'm glad we actually drafted him. What, what else can I say? Um, but if I had to pick another guy since you already took my dude, I'm going to say Derek Forrest. Played a lot of football. At, I actually was looking at the other safety. I wanted James Wiggins, but I always noticed Derek Forrest pop up on tape. He comes down, he hits. Always seems to take great angles. You can tell that he is a real student of the game, a real student of the position. It's hard to know whether they view him as a free safety or a strong safety. Honestly, probably is more of a uh, too high safety who can do a little bit of both. After seeing what they did with Cameron Curl last year, I believe that they have a role for this guy, whether it's yeah. free safety, strong safety, too high, whether they're going to use him in certain situations, whether he's going to be a full-time starter. Watching him at Cincinnati and watching how he played, I can see how he can fit in here, and I can see a path to him being a early contributor on this football team. He's a hitter, man. I like him. Super athletic, super smart, experienced player. And like I said, like these neat roles, they, they saw that on tape for 35, 40-plus games, and they were like, okay, we know what you want you to do. We're going to have you come in, and we're going to have you fit into this role right away. He's instantly coming in and impacting the special teams in all phases. So, yeah, definitely. All right, that's, next year, that's where he's playing. Um, him being on the field to start the year on defense, highly likely the special teams is, is where you're going to – that's how you're going to stay in the NFL mm-hmm. to start. Mm-hmm. Um, look, the one thing on Brown, Brown looks like – like I know you said he's the slowest based on time. That motherfucker don't look the slowest on the field. Man. That motherfucker sure don't move him. <laughs> sure don't. Like, that motherfucker looks like – it's where Chris Sims mentioned Odell. It's not that he, this isn't even to say he's Odell, but he's so quick, like when the ball is snapped. Mm-hmm. And he can, he can track the ball downfield, catches and they're different. I think the biggest difference between him and Terry is that, yeah, he has the concentration drops, which that's just, I think that's something people just do, right? Because some guys seem to get like labeled as dropping the ball more than others, even though you go look at the, at the drop percentages, and they're, like, the exact same sometimes. You know what I mean? That's, that's like, something you just have to put in the con section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, it'd be like, well, he's a top-five pick, because what are the cons? He's, he catches the ball better with his hands than Terry. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's a natural receiver. Like, that's how, you, that's how you end up getting recruited by Baylor. They had, they had, like, a stat on PFF. Like, he had, like, 44 contested balls, and he, caught, he didn't drop one. Like, I remember Rivera mm-hmm. pointed out on his interview press conference after the um, draft pick, but just to follow up on that, like, that's – he goes against the ball, man. He's a playmaker. 
Absolutely. And, and you see and the DBs playing like 10 feet off. But I was going to say uh, St. Juice only because that is another player who, as we think about the way the, way the league is now, player like this gets drafted, everybody's like, oh, I don't know. Is he fast enough? Mm-hmm. This is a big slot corner. He's physical, mm-hmm. right? They, they, they're, they're moving more and more bigger guys, DB-wise, to the slot because everybody's in three wide so much. And if you have small slot, slot corners, you're going to get ran on. Mm-hmm. Can't tackle. Like if you, you cannot have a slot corner who isn't going to tackle nowadays. I think that's someone who could definitely, uh, one, play next year. Two, mm-hmm. a- another guy to cover tight ends, man. That is the yeah. so he's, he's a willing to cover tackle. tight ends. I don't yeah. know if y'all know, but he comes up. He comes with lays the wood. He, he, unlike most corners, you know, they're not really trying to hit nobody. They, that big guy, he's willing to hit somebody. So in the run game, he's definitely going to assist. And that I, I see a major role for him early on. Yeah, I didn't know much about him coming into the draft, but after reading up on him and just watching a little bit of his film and a little bit of his highlight stuff, the one thing I noticed that he is always in somebody's hip pocket and he uses those long mm-hmm. lengths. Always, always, always banging yeah. down passes. Always getting in there, ball out. If you can get that big body in the slot. He's shown the ability to stay in the hip pocket of whatever quick receiver he's guarding. That just takes your number one receiver for most quarterbacks out of the pitcher. You know what I'm saying? You have that long, rangy cornerback that's always sticking the glue like to your slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Now you got to second guess your throws. Here comes Chase Young. Here comes Montez Sweat. Here comes Matt Ioannidis. Like, that's a great pickup for them if it works out. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I would see for me, I think he might even end up playing some safety, like just playing like multiple places. Cause he's also a physical corner. I think mm-hmm. then he had like the, he had the longest arms of the draft, like second longest, something like that. I'm pretty I need sure. to see that. Yeah, Dang. he had the second longest arms of the draft uh, among mm-hmm. the corners. That is the kind of player, that's the kind of DB that the league is going towards now. Yeah. If we're gonna be honest, they just seem to go after both needs but then also finding guys who are versatile. Man. Mm-hmm. I just like the way they, like, there's clearly a fucking game plan. We're not used to this around here, man. We really aren't. Y'all saw Chris yeah. Harris in the, uh, you know, the DB's coach when they showed him on the, um, in the war room or the draft room, like after we made a pick for St. Juice and um, Paul's guy. What's the, what's the safety's name again? I just forgot his name that quick. Derek Foster. Oh, oh Derek Foster. Yeah. Therefore, so yeah, like he was just excited. And I mean, they say Chris Harris just loves big DBs that can be versatile, move them around. Like, and like you just mentioned, Cliff, I can see some scenarios where we in th- an office is in third and long and St. Juice is back there deep with curl playing half. So, you know, it, 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 he brings a lot of versatility to the defense. I mean, he, he originally started out at Michigan. So, you know, he's he got a little Michigan in his game, but I'm excited for him. Yeah. Uh, Scotty in Michigan man. in this game. <laughs> no. Right. A little Michigan. Shout out to Cameron Cheeseman. <laughs> well, you know, hey, listen, get, you know we're gonna get a Cheeseman. <laughs> you know, you know Cheeseman, Cheeseman's had his time, you know, he's done plenty of uh snapping punts for you. So I, I can only imagine if they if, if you're good enough to get dressed. <laughs> Damn, clipping the top rope early. <laughs> We ask them for no extra points around here. Just punt in this motherfucker. <laughs> they're gonna be like, dog. They're gonna line up for extra points. They're like, what is this? I ain't done my since high school. Shit. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Instead of giving draft grades, because that that's kind of a pointless activity. 
Let's go through each pick and we'll talk about how you think they fit into the scheme. Look at the draft picks. I really think that every one of these players could make the 53. And I would even extend that to Jared Patterson, the, the person we picked up um, from Buffalo running back after the draft. Only person we picked up was Jared Patterson. I thought they might have drafted one late, but Jared Patterson as the undrafted priority free agent is just as good. I think all 11 of them could actually make this roster. They all have a, a path to that. So let's talk about that. I'll just name the player and then you guys tell me where you think he fits in. Starter, uh, backup, and then like what it means for the rest of the depth chart. Like, is this person going to be pushing X off the roster so-and-so? Is that cool? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's start with Jameen Davis. Obviously, we all think that he's going to be the starting day one, week one, Will Linebacker next to Cole Holcomb, correct? Yep. All right. Yeah. What do you think it means for the rest of the depth chart around him? What you because we only you say you only signed one um you uh UDFA, right? Yep, that's correct. I think it's because they were they we had the roster spots basically already thought through. So that's I feel point. like for for some of these in, in, in this one in particular, there is no one really being pushed out. That spot, I think they looked at the offseason, essentially got to a point where they're like, we are gonna take a linebacker early. I'm just not gonna fill that area because we who we, we brought him on David Mayo, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's gonna be uh, special teams, yeah. He's a special teams guy. Um, Kaliki Hudson, that's the one our special teams is about to be really good, it's about to become yeah. a very good, big part of our team. So, I don't even think really anyone's pushed pushed out by this. I mean, Josh Harvey Clemens, he's probably gone, he wasn't yeah. here last year, anyways. I'm kind of with you on that, honestly, yeah. Um, because we kind of discussed, we all thought we possibly might take, you know, two linebackers early in this draft. But I think if anything, this shows that they kind of they might believe in Kaliki Hudson as far as being that, you know, that next up linebacker off the um, as far as being behind Holcomb, Bostic, and um Jameen. Like clearly they got some faith in this guy because like I said, I thought they might try to attack maybe a Dylan Moses or a Jabril Cox late in the draft. But I think if anything, we know. Jameen's spot is secure is in the starting lineup, but I think this says a lot about how they feel about Kaliki Hudson. Also, you say Kaliki Hudson, I say Landon Collins. Damn, forgot about Landon moving to LB. You right. Yeah. Shit. yeah. I think it says yeah. more like yeah. that Landon's yeah. moving, it's likely moving the line. So it's going to be used in some level yeah. of linebacker role. Yeah. Yeah. He don't want to do um, it, but hey. <laughs> he doesn't want to do it. Hey, fucking ass. Did we ask you? Right. Right, <laughs> they're not going to be at hey, hey, we were thinking. Could you imagine Ron Rivera and Jack the Real bringing in Landon Collins for a meeting? Like, hey, Landon, we were thinking about maybe wondering what I know. I mean, listen, it was funny yeah. when they asked Ron that question. When he, you remember when Landon made a statement about he's not playing linebacker, Ron was like, oh no, that was just Landon talking. Yeah, I anything like that. Like, what you, this is <laughs> it's a different game now. Uh huh, you're not, you not going to be. I think there's a way to use landing a linebacker where it's not in a full-time role. Right. Plus, Carl might be able to play free safety, man. We'll see. We will see. Yes. But let alone with defense is majority in the nickel package most of the time anyway. So, I mean, if mm-hmm. we can move landing as, you know, one of the nickel package LBs, then keep Curl back deep with whether it's Everett or whoever. I mean, yeah. Like, landing, you're going to have to find your role where the coaches say, like, you're not a pure strong safety anymore. Cam Curl was a type player that you don't. I don't. I don't anticipate Cam Curl ever coming off the field again. So exactly, he's not. He's not accept the role that he's got coming. Period. Yes. Uh, Ron Rivera doesn't strike me as the type of person that would care how much you're getting paid. Cam Curl oh. 
is your day one starter at safety at one of the safeties. And that means Landon Collins is on the bench. That just means Landon Collins is on the bench. Mm-hmm. That's all that means. I doubt it. I think they're going to find a role for him. But I think, like you said, I think that the move to linebacker is in the works. At the very least, you're no longer going to be a deep coverage safety anymore. Like you're going to be a rover safety. You're going to be a walk up, run support, blitz off the edge safety at this point, like a money backer. But, you know, your days of playing 30 yards off the ball are over. Which is actually what he does best, as we all know anyway, closer to the box. That helps Landon in his game. I mean, obviously he struggled in tackling last year, but – if anything, if, if there's an opportunity for Landon to, you know, get back yeah. to his old ways of his last year with the Giants, it would be, you know, in the box playing linebacker or rover. So, Right. But back to Jameen Davis, I like what we have with the linebacker group. From looking at the depth chart right now, I would say that Davis and Holcomb are your day one starters if you, if you want to consider Bostic in that group as well. But we're never in, in a 4-3 look anymore. I can see Bostic getting some snaps in, uh, like, goal line, like, early downs. You doing Bostic like that? I'm not doing Boston like anything. I'm just saying how it is. I think that Davis and Holcomb are your stars. I think you're Bostic tripping. Is now- you're tripping. Yeah, I don't think Boston clearly love field. Bostic. I told y'all that playing. <laughs> yeah, they love Boston. Man, I try to tell y'all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So, field, so Boston is replacing Holcomb then. It's not He's even not replacing replace. Davis. No, no, but it's not even Bostic will be getting snaps next year. Right. He's the middle linebacker. He calls the plays. He's not going to be playing, but he's not going to be playing as much. That's all I'm saying. He's going to I mean, like, I am willing to and, bet that that man, his snaps will be very similar. Would not I'm, shock I'm, Also, I'm, we don't know yeah. where they plan on using Davis. That's mm-hmm. why I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to, I'm reluctant to like say like who's going to be playing where because he talked about using Davis at all three spots. So we will see. We will see. I mean, bro, right. I hear you. I hear you. There's going to be scenarios right. where maybe maybe Bostic does come off for a couple of plays, but like Cliff said, I mean, even last year, he played – if the defense is on the field for 75 plays, he played 73 of them. Like, it's <laughs> not going to be a scenario where he's like, not on, where he's on well, the yeah, 40 but plays. They, they might be cut to 50, but you will be seeing a lot of John Bostic. Definitely. Okay, I'm not saying that he's not going to be playing at all. I'm just saying last year the Bostic was playing a lot more out of necessity than anything. You're, you lost KPL for several weeks. You didn't have any depth behind him. Bostic right. had to play almost every single Bostic snap. was now, playing before KPL got hurt. Definitely. They, the, co- yeah. the coaching staff clearly trust that dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. I'm not saying that they don't trust him. Obviously, they like him. The fans can say whatever they want about John Bostic. The coaches actually trust him and they like him. And he does a good job for what his role is. I would say Davis, Holcomb, and Hudson are your main three guys. And Bostic is the guy who is going to be like goal line, early downs, that sort of role. That's what I'm saying. Oh no, but that was the role he was in last year, though. I don't see his role changing all that much. Also, I am reluctant to start thinking that the defense is going to look system like systematically different next year. I pretty much see this as like Davis is coming in for KPL, mm-hmm. and then we're just going from there. I mean, yeah, but I think Hudson's going to play a lot more this year. But here's the thing. Hudson's gonna play more over who? Yeah. Right. If especially I, I, if Landon, if Landon is moving, right? If Landon's gonna be using a backer role more, that does not really leave a lot of like that's what I'm saying when we talk about all this, like different guys being on the field, then that means some guys are not gonna like if you're in the second deep at linebacker and Landon's moving to linebacker or play, taking up snaps at that spot, then some of these guys are not gonna play that much more. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Figures that 
May was more of a special team signing, like a pinch starter if you need him to be. But I could see Davis Holcomb, Bostic, and Hudson all playing a lot. And maybe it comes at the expense of Landon Collins playing less snaps overall. Or maybe it comes at the expense of John Bostic playing less snaps overall. But I think that you're going to see an increase in Hudson. I think that you're going to see Davis move around. And Holcomb's not coming off the field. I mean, not nearly as much as you might think. I think he's going to stay in that same 85 to 90% snaps played slot. Well, like you said, they're real. They're going to have to, we don't know how to plan on scheming that up yet. So, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. It's going to be opportunities for Holcomb, for Hudson, for Collins to get more snaps, obviously, at linebacker. But to run it out there right now, John Bostic is your middle linebacker. And they got to see how they, they got to see how Jamin Davis fits. Yes, he can play right. all three, but where can we plug and play him right now where he's comfortable, where he's not out there thinking too much? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Because that's, that's my thing with sometimes with these guys. And I think, I feel like that's what happened in Arizona with, um, What's his name from last year? Simmons. Simmons. Like he's well, you gotta at least give him like the basic shit to do. If you come out here and you got him lined up here, lined up there, that shit ain't gonna work. Well, I think at the very least, this offers you a lot more flexibility in what you can do. You have less square pegs being forced into round holes. If you want to have a certain look, if you have want a certain scheme against what the offense is showing you, and you have a assortment of players that can do just what you want to combat mm-hmm. that you can do that now definitely samuel Kozmi, i think that he's going to compete for a day one starter at left tackle i would guess that lucas fends him off at least to start it's hard it's hard to know it's hard to know if he's going to be the day one starter because lucas looked so competent last year what do you guys think i think it's cosby's job to lose man and i'm not trying to take anything away from lucas but that was the first time in Lucas's career that he's actually played that well, whereas you could actually consider him being a potentially a full-time left tackle. So we don't know how, what type of Cornelius Lucas will get this fall. I'm not saying he's going to just completely fall off, but Cosby has a high ceiling, man. That dude is a, <laughs> that's a big dude, big athletic freak at left tackle. Um, and like Rivera kind of touched on, like they obviously they got to clean up some things as far as his footwork because he doesn't have the fastest feet. But I think, hey, come camp, he's going to get every opportunity to be that left tackle. So um, if anything, I think this means it's trouble for Jerron Christian and his roster spot as far as any of the um, offensive tackles on the team. So, yeah, I think it's, I think Cosme has the opportunity to really <laughs> – he come out here with the ball rolling. That's your left tackle, hopefully for the next eight to ten, man. Yeah. Going to compete with Lucas. Because mm-hmm. Lucas I, – I, I, if it's even, Lucas lost. Definitely. So um, – Look, Lucas is a swing tackle. That's why they. That's why he was signed to begin with. Offensive lineman injuries has been something that's always plagued us, anyways. And so, even if Cosme does start the year, it's not like we're probably never. Well, we will end up seeing Lucas at some point for, for sure. So, nah, like you said, Corey, Jerron Christian, you better have the camp of your life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that definitely spells trouble for him. He's shown nothing over the past three years. I mean, y'all don't need to get on this podcast and and uh, reaffirm my hatred for that guy. But um, damn, yeah, hatred he's, though. Yeah, damn, hatred? My, my, damn, my 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 disdain, oh, my distaste, my my distaste for Jerron Christian, bro. Come on, man, can we stop doing this shit? It's twenty twenty one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, this shit though, man, when you look at it, and like, I don't think we've ever had this situation where we've had an old line where we, we could potentially have a starting five and you could potentially have another four on the bench that you could just plug and play and be comfortable with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, with the trade for Flowers, 
even if Lucas has to go back to the bench with Cosby starting, you still got Sadiq, who they still want to see him at left tackle, but he could potentially now play left guard. Like, yep. this is – we haven't had this in quite some time. We got Esmeal to play guard center. Like, it's mm-hmm. – there is – in the event that there are injuries – I mean, we even, we didn't even mention, like, David Sharp, right? So, forgot about so, Sharp, yep. In the event that there are injuries, there is O-line depth in a way that we've never had. We've never mm-hmm. had this kind of depth at this position. Plus, we know yeah. Sheriff will get injured at some point anyway, so you know we need bodies. You know Moses is about to sprain both his ankles. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, real shit, like, those two play through a lot Every of time. injuries. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times they've had to play through injuries because there was no depth. Definitely. You know? Yeah, man, I hear you on that. I feel so good with the offensive line in a way that I never had before, even though uh, some positions are still in flux and you don't know what's going to happen long-term with Sheriff. You have guys who can step in and play to a competent level. I'm not worried anymore about bringing somebody in off the bench who is a complete liability. Even like Darren Christian has been around long enough where if he has to come in for Morgan Moses for a game, I wouldn't worry too much about it. If we have to bring in Flowers or Ishmael or Charles is end up being the starter at left guard or something like that, like these guys are coached up to the point and are talented enough to step in and not be liabilities. Mm-hmm. But back to Cosme, a second round pick, I drafted you at 51 overall. That usually spells starter. I think it's giving competition. Core, like you said, if all things are equal, I think that Kozmi does get the edge, but he has a little ways to go. Um, do you have any concerns about any of the things that you heard about him? I heard that he might have a work ethic issue. I don't, I don't know what that's where all about. Where the hell is that? What is that? I don't know. I heard no, that. Saying, like, wh- no, but like, where does that? I wonder where I that, that type shit of shit too, comes man. from. Man. Mm-hmm. I Put it this way, Ron Rivera met with him four or five times. You know, Ron Rivera is all about guys that work, work, work ethic, work at it, want to love the game. So also, if he does first have generation. those problems, that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. first generation, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had saw a few people on the timeline that know Texas football well saying he's one of the most inconsistent prospects of the entire draft because there's one game where he'll look like an absolute freak stud left tackle, and then there's other games where he looks soft. Um, I mean, I, if I trust anybody to get the salt out of him, it's Ron Rivera. Like, he's, he's going to test your, your metal and see if you can actually hold up on that edge. But um, mm-hmm. at the very least, like we said, super athletic, has all the tools in his back, has all, all the, tools. The, the measurables. Yep. You know what I'm saying? He has all the makings of a great left tackle. And we, everybody saw that clip of him running a touchdown against my West Virginia boys. Like, he can move, like, pull and get on that edge and, and kick out safeties and cornerbacks he can get to the second level he can move like this is a, a very enticing and exciting prospect just the question is do you take lucas's job now or later i think that's the only question for him was he just letting team. left tackles come catch screen passes out here score they sure are. they sure are. <laughs> anyways <laughs> they sure right right just let the left tackle score and that wasn't even like a five-yard touchdown <laughs> this was like a t- this wasn't like some like oh what, what are you gonna play action pass <laughs> to the extra t- nah he caught a screen. Nigga went like 20 yards. That's and he pathetic. trucked somebody. <laughs> That's pathetic. Pathetic. Oh. Yeah, this is really some like hook and ladder varsity blues type shit. I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, listen, man. All that stuff where they're like player, this guy saw whatever. We are going to find that out. I mean, we, we can call him inconsistent. Texas football is inconsistent. I was just, but the whole program. So, what are we talking about? <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Benjamin St. Juice. Uh, we were talking a little bit about him. Um, he's going to compete either at starting nickel cornerback 
I don't know if he has a safety experience in his bag. I know he played a little bit of perimeter corner at Minnesota, but, um, you know, we can touch on this one more time. Where do you guys think he fits in um, in the cornerback room? Hey, first and foremost, it's much added depth. Because um, like we've been screaming, we know we all we need another corner. I know we picked up Daryl Roberts in the offseason, but he only signed a one-year deal. Um, Jimmy Moreland was a little inconsistent last year, as we know. Um, so th- it's an opportunity for St. Jude to get a lot of playing time, man. He's going <laughs> to – obviously, we know we got Fuller and Jackson. Um, and I think kind of like Cliff touched on earlier, he may – St. Jude might find, find his role in the slot. But he's going to get – he may get some opportunities outside as well because, you know, Fuller can – he can fill that role in the slot corner and – Mm-hmm. St. Juice, he kind of reminds me of um, not saying play wise, but big body like Dunbar, because we all know Dunbar was a big cornerback. Yeah, long, long arms too. Yeah, he can play and can run with you play on the outside. So, I I, I think he's definitely um, <laughs> he's going to have a big role on this team, man. Yeah, I think St. Juice yeah. to start will at least get situational snaps. Definitely, like even if it's like when we go against bigger corners near the goal line or uh, matching up with tight ends. Yeah, jump ball. Like, yep. The same way they use, remember they used Curl at the beginning of the year to match up with tight ends? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I can see them using St. Juice in that way to start the season. Who yeah. this fell shovel for is y'all man Jimmy Moreland. Yeah. Because I they, they don't seem to be as high as Jimmy Moreland on Jimmy Moreland as some other people are. I didn't even know that St. Juice is an ex Wolverine, bro. Yeah, that's yeah. where he started. Yep. Graduated in two and a half years mm-hmm. from Michigan. Yeah. Any concern about the uh, medicals with him? I, I saw that he had to be talked out of um, medically retirement after right before he transferred to Minnesota. Yeah, what but was he, that? That's because he's it's a hamstring injury. He yeah. said that that's not how that went down. Though. He basically it sounds like it was like a disagreement between him and Michigan. Mm. That's why he ended up leaving. Damn Harbaugh! Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I didn't hear about that. I didn't know he had a little medical issue. Well, yeah, it was only soft tissue injuries. It wasn't anything like a head injury or concussions or like uh, like a major like limb injury. Like, I think he just had soft tissue injuries, and I guess he had a disagreement about how to handle it. He almost retired. He just said, "Fuck it, I'm I'm just putting it behind me." Yeah, it, it Michigan transferring like that. Michigan said that. Mm. I think that's like where like where it gets murky. Like Michigan is the, is who said he might have to retire. Yeah. It doesn't sound like he said it. Well, I'm glad that it's not as serious as as once thought. I mean, when you hear somebody might medically retire and had to be talked out of doing so, it, it kind of like, oh, we're taking this guy at pick 74. It's a high pick for somebody that's, you know, under those circumstances. But if that's true, what you're saying, then that's not nearly as bad. All right. All right. Diamond Brown, another piece in a what has all of a sudden become a loaded wide receiver room. Loaded, maybe not the right word, crowded. Um you got to believe that he's going to be um, maybe not day one starter, but definitely a guy that plays a whole lot. Shit. I think- that nigga's starting, dog. Hey, he's starting. What you talking about, Paul? Say it with your chest. He's starting. Come on, hey, man. I mean, listen, I'm just trying not to count my chickens before they hatch. Yeah, I, when I think hey. of a third-round pick, I assume that you are starting almost right away. If not, you're, you're just heavy, heavy, heavy in rotation. You know? He no, probably man. will start. But at the very least, he's going to be, you know, the fourth receiver. If you do McLaurin and you do Samuel on the outsides, Adam Humphreys maybe in the slot, and Daniel Brown is the fourth receiver who plays 55, 60 snaps on offense per game. I'm glad you just said that because I've been seeing this trend on Twitter too. 
nothing against Adam Humphreys, but we as a fan base, we got to chill out. This dude signed a one-year contract, okay? It's not like he got some buku guaranteed money. I'm not taking nothing away from him. He's a veteran. He's insurance. But De'Ami Brown is going to be on that field, man, barring some sort of injury or him not come, you know, getting a full grasp of the offense. Like, we added this man to be a playmaker with McLaurin and Samuel. If anything, this is a – the light bulb better go off for AGG, Isaiah Wright, Steven Sims. You guys are on alert. Kelvin Harmon, because we just added a playmaker that, if you're being honest, you could go three wide every play. Like, I have no – I don't see how Scott would want to take that type of player off the field, um, especially with, you know, with McLaurin consistently getting double teams and stuff. Like, it's – you could be able to line up Deami in the slot outside. Like, it's going to be so much you could do with these guys and – I personally feel like he's gonna he's gonna get a role immediately in this offense. So that's that's just me. Yeah, a role, but a starting role. But that's all yeah. I'm saying. Paul, I mean, I can see it. Paul, that man is starting. He's starting. Listen, y'all always comment for catch for counting my chickens before they hatch, and now I'm trying to be rational. Y'all crying about counting chickens. This is your man, and I'm trying to tell you that brother is starting. Right? How you gonna be like? This is your guy. This is your guy. It's like you try to put him behind chickens. Don't do that. It's not even about putting him like putting him. I'm not putting him behind anybody. I'm just saying, draft picks don't always start in the NFL unless they're high first round picks. I'm saying no. That's all I'm he, saying, but Paul, whether he deserves to start Paul, or not. You remember Paul. we had this conversation about McLaurin too. You remember that year when McLaurin didn't play in training camp? We was like, yo, what the hell's going on with McLaurin? Why ain't he playing? Da 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 da. Like, for all you know, he's gonna come out here. I'm not McLaurin saying he's gonna be McLaurin, but he's gonna get his role, man. And I think he's gonna be on the field. McLaurin, McLaurin is the exception to the rule, and you know that. No, 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 no. Picks don't not. usually no, it's not. start at <laughs> I, no, I'm actually about to stop you. Let me stop you right there, Paul. Because Damn. second and third round. No, no, I'm just, because second and third round is where you actually find the best receivers over mm-hmm. the last four or five years. It's where you found it, find the, the good receivers. Galladay, mm. Godwin, mm. Cooper Cup, mm. third round picks. All right. Gallup, Chaquan mm. Smith. DJ mm. Shark was late second round. Yep. McLaurin, Deontay yep. Johnson, DK Metcalf, late yep. second round pick. Late second round last year, Denzel Mims, Van mm. Jefferson. The second and third yeah. round, day two is where you actually should be drafting receivers. Mm-hmm. Period. You should not be drafting receivers day one. There are too many receivers coming into the league. That guy no, I hear you on that. torches people. Mm-hmm. If anything, I'm pretty sure he might be better than he like he might be better than he looked in college. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, I think there is a good there is a chance he's actually better than we saw in college. Yep. Because the shit that people knock about in his game were things that he what they the office just didn't do. Also, if I can win on go routes, why mm-hmm. would you call anything else? And he mentioned that too. He said they UNC they asked me to do certain things. It, it wasn't because I couldn't do it. It's because I excelled in running them go routes. You know what I'm saying? If you can't stop it, watch why, why switch it up. Cause seeing that dude in college, playmaker man. I'm pretty sure if he had gone to Bama or Ohio State, he'd have been a no brainer first round pick. I, listen, mm-hmm. I'm with you 100 on that. He's gonna be a big part of this offense. All I was saying is he day one starter against who? I don't I don't know. That's all I'm saying. He's gonna play a lot. He's going to play a lot. But that little GS next to the G where his game started, he's going to play in 17 games. Is he going to start 17 games? I don't know. That's all I'm saying. Six. Uh, listen, I will be 
I will be surprised if he ain't starting week one. Probably, okay. I will be surprised if by the end of camp, the fan mm-hmm. base has not gotten completely out of control about the <laughs> I was just going to say, like, I'm telling you now, when they run out there for training camp, day one, he's putting everybody on notice. And he is cooking these the things. I, I can't. And I think the good thing is our corners are getting better, which mm-hmm. means camp, those corner receiver battles in camp are going to be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, in the past, yeah. we said receivers out here cooking, Doxon out here cooking bums. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, shit, Doxon about to cook this year. Nigga did the one-hand Joe camp. Did y'all see that? <laughs> see how he mossed some, uh, some random bum-ass quarterback in camp? Like, come on, man. <laughs> Shit. No, I, I know y'all remember Deshaun just destroying <laughs> Josh Norman consistently. Came. It became a thing where it's just like, dog, just stop putting Josh on Deshaun, man. You're making us all look bad out here. Real shit. Con me, my man's just like, ah, you paid this Bama $75 million. What can I say to him? I'll tell you this, though. If, if Brown is as good as Chris Sims thinks he's going to be. Oh, my God. Or, or as good as um, Daniel Jeremiah believes mm-hmm. he is. Mm-hmm. This is scary hours for the Scary, man, I'm telling you. I just, I got to say it again, but I just did not think he would make it to our pick in the third round. I I know, Paul, you kept mentioning him, but I just like, there's no way he's not getting drafted first, second round. This this dude is too talented. Like, of all the receivers, I mean, he was literally one of the top five receivers coming out, in my opinion. But for him to make it to our pick and for us to steal him, I mean, this is a, this could turn into a home run, man. Just like with the McLaurin pick a couple years ago. And Gibson. So what does this mean for a couple guys on the back end of the roster? As I'm looking at it right now, let's just say they keep six receivers. Obviously, Terry, Samuel, Brown, Humphreys, locks to make the roster. I think that leaves two spots for Cam Sims, who, who I would probably put like on the cusp of being a lock, but nothing that is for a sure. Lock. That um, a lock. Cam Sims is a lock. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then let's make it five locks. If they keep six, that leaves one spot for Dex Milne, Isaiah Wright, AGG, and, and Kelvin Harmon. Um, like you said, Corey, I think AGG better have a hell of a camp or he's going to be a one and done here. Also, I brought this up on Twitter earlier. Do you think this facilitates possibly a move for Kelvin Harmon to tight end? Because we all see the traits. He has that same Niles Paul mold, great blocker, maybe not as fast or as twitchy as the wide receivers he's competing against. And honestly, I mean, that could be a move that, benefits the tight end room and makes room for another receiver to stick around that we want to keep. Yeah, but you can't, how are you going to do it? You can't play there now. You can't, yeah. the guy's coming up a major knee injury. You can't ask him to put weight on, right? Right. Yeah, possibly. Look, I mean, uh, seeing his video, like, the way he's built, he's not, I mean, obviously you can move him around with the H-back piece if you put him in motion or something like that, but I, I couldn't ask Harmon to come out here right now and Blocking defensive end straight up, even though you know he got the heart to do it. I mean, that that'd be a lot to ask for him. I just think he's a lot. I think it's a lot to ask for, to be doing that to someone who just came off se- like a season-ending injury. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's look, fair. Look, Steve Sims. He's the one. I didn't mention. I didn't mention him. He's gone. Steve Sims. No, see, because Steve, but Steve Sims can return punts. Mm-hmm. So we will see. Steve Sims is also someone who a year ago at this time we felt, believed was a starter. Mm-hmm. He had a disappointing season, so he—it's going to be hard for him to make the roster. But he is talented enough to make the roster. Definitely, definitely, yeah. But that's also I why remember. I don't feel like Adam Humphreys is such a lock, Paul. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you got to, oh, you got to come to camp ready. 
I think with the, the moves that the team has made, like, I don't think they anticipated being able to get somebody like Diami at that spot. And with the, with his talent, I mean, I think, like I said, he's plug and play. He's starting to me. So Humphreys is, let alone, he only signed a one-year contract. Like I said, it's not like he mm-hmm. has some buku guaranteed money where, oh, yeah, he's, he's guaranteed a spot to be on his roster. I mean, it's it's an opportunity for some of these young guys, even for, I know we're going to get to him, but Dax Milne, like, for all we know, he could come in and, play the Humphreys role because that's what he did kind of at BYU. So only Absolutely. only reason I am reluctant to not put Humphreys in the lock is that Humphreys Humphreys is like a couple years removed from actually being a free agent signing. And he's played with Fitzpatrick before. Yeah. Facts. And he's and he's also in because I think the concern would be to flip our receiving core to where it's not as incredibly inexperienced receiving core. Right. Humphreys yeah. is essentially the only veteran receiver that will be there. And I'm not like I'm not trying to down him. It's just like you you know when you get that veteran for a one year deal and then you get to the draft, like there's an opportunity for these young guys to step up and possibly take that spot. There I mean, is, I'm intrigued by this Bama Dax Milne. I want to see what he's gonna do. He might be. I think he might the issue is far, but. one Humphreys is actually good. Yeah. And two, Humphreys should be your fourth or fifth receiver. Right. Definitely. You know what I mean? Definitely. Like that's that is like where he should be on your depth chart. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because he's experienced. That means when we go to we go to a, a more of a spread look, he can then also be on the field with Samuel in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. You know what I mean? Like you can move guys around. That's just kind of oh, the crazy. shit Scott gonna be able to do is endless. The packages. Oh my god, he's yeah. moving everybody around now. Especially added Diami now, where he can <laughs> you can move Curtis Samuel. In the backfield, obviously Ooh. we knew he was going to do that anyway. But the slot outside, like you're not doubling McLaurin no more, man. That shit is dead. That's dead. That's dead. Oh, man, it's dead. Mm. <laughs> the days of double teaming McLaurin, it's over. Safety help. All right, bet. Go ahead. Go ahead if you want to. <laughs> Go ahead, double him if you want to. Oh, I didn't remember uh, DeAndre Carter. I, I mean, I thought he he was a long shot anyway. I mean, it really Ooh. depends on how. We, he shows out returning, but the return game is such a marginalized part of the game now because there's no kickoff returns. I think that if you can find somebody that just can return punts, that that means that DeAndre Carter has basically no shot. He's got no shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, John Bates, tight end. I'm not going to lie to you, fellas. This, I had never heard of this guy when we drafted him. Literally never heard of him. I had never heard his name. I don't have any real tape on him. I don't have any knowledge or insight to what kind of player he is, but you figure with such a bare tight end room that he's going to figure in somehow. Where do you think that might be? He's, it looks like the number two tight end to me. It looks like a tight end two to me. So Eric Hemingway, Marcus Ball, Tyrone uh-huh. Swoops. We don't know what we're going to get from Samus Reyes. So. Like, you're going to be playing next year. Yeah. Like I told y'all yesterday, man, one of my longtime buddies called me, man. He told me, like, dude, you guys got to steal with this kid, John Bates. He doesn't have the biggest stats. He's not going to wow you, but he goes and gets catches the football. His hands, I mean, it's, there's no question about it. He just needs to be coached up. Um, I mean, he's a big-ass tight end, too, man. So, And, like, you know, like Cliff just mentioned, <laughs> who the hell are we going to put in front of him? So he has an opportunity to be that tight end, too, right out the gate. Yeah, I hear you. Rivera said that he is a um, player that they believe can be a very, very good blocker. I think that um, Mel Kuyper and Daniel Jeremiah said, not Daniel Jeremiah, it was Mel Kuyper and um, Todd McShay said on the ESPN broadcast when they drafted him, 
that his best football is in front of him. Yep. That Boise State didn't ask him to do much. Just that's the nature of their offense. But when you watch the little bit of film on him that you can get your hands on, he has really, really good hands. Like he snatches that ball. His after the catch really ain't much to speak on, but he can catch like hell. And if they think that he's the blocker that Ron Rivera says that he is and that his best football is in front of him, then how can you be mad at him taking over the fourth round pick? And they were right last year about Logan Thomas. And there were a lot of people that weren't sure about him at this time last year. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and see what he can do. Yeah, that stuff when they say they a, a, a team took a player around early, hey, they identified that's the target that they wanted. He, they found if they find a role for him, right. like we said, we need tight ends. So that's their guy. And hey, let's roll with it. Also, what the hell is this round early shit? For all we know, I he would do this every draft. Round. But also, that's your board. I yeah. hate that's the part about the draft. I'm, you know, they kind of overvalue player X. It's like, what do you mean? How do you know that? It's so there's dumb. Because so now there's so many draft experts. They're everywhere. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I had him as the 219th player. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool, man. Well, you don't work for the fucking team now, do you? <laughs> right. Oh. Following somebody, some, following somebody's draft board, somebody's stupid ass big board 150 players is how somebody like George Kittle can get drafted in the fifth round. Thank because, you. Thank you. Oh, I need plus all those mock draft simulators. Right, people do so many mock draft simulators mm-hmm. to where they're convinced that they know what's supposed <laughs> to happen more than the teams do. Yep. I it just this shit blows my mind. Like I did, I did, I did, I did a mind. mock, and he was he was there on the board at two fifty. What the fuck are they doing? Like, that is oh, this shit. goes back to one thing. Remember, remember, I remember what I kept saying about um, Mac Jones at number three. Hmm. I was like, "There's no fucking." <laughs> way there's no way right actually are going to trade up for matt jones dog what did we end up getting multiple weeks of them telling people on tv telling us why matt jones should go number three it's like there's no there's no way an nfl team looks at some of these players and and gets hyped that way the Mm -hmm. way twitter does doesn't Mm -hmm. work that way man it just doesn't even even jameen davis People are like, yeah, you know, I kind of had him in like 37. It's like, what the fuck are you talking I saw, about? I saw, that, I saw some shit like that yesterday, Cliff. Someone was like, I had him as the 41st rated ranked player. Like, maybe they kind of took him a little too a little early. Like, motherfucker, just because you had him at 41 don't mean he's worthy of that pick. Who are you? Come on. Wait, one, who are you? Two, we didn't pick again till 51. So he, chances are he wouldn't have been there. He wouldn't have been there. So what are you talking about? Come on. That shit is crazy, man. But. Everybody's an expert now. Derek Forrest. There's definitely a log jam at safety now. Um, I'm not really one to to designate for free safety or strong safety because honestly, the way this defense is constructed, I think they probably want to be interchangeable anyway. But um, super athletic, played a lot of games in Cincinnati, as I mentioned earlier. Seems to be a team leader. They said that he was the leader of that defense, a, a defense that was good enough to take him to a big six bowl game last year. Maybe he's not a day one starter, but he's going to make his, his name on teams right away. I think that that's where he makes his – he butters his bread, and he's going to be one of the leaders on teams. He better. Yeah, cool. cool. <laughs> like, like, no bullshit. Like, if you – like like I was saying to Paul – like I was saying to Corey, if you look at the depth charts, man, if you come out here, if you're someone like Forrest, and you look at, like, the Shazer Everett, mm-hmm. 
right? Who will be back? Don't forget about Shaves. Reeves. Aki is a special teams player, right? If you mm-hmm. come out here and you have some rough special teams moments in the preseason, you might not make the team, man. Mm-hmm. Plus, also, it, it, could, it could turn into a situation where if it comes down to an Aki or a Forrest, they're going to look at him like, okay, both of you can excel on special teams, but which one of you can we rely on in case we get an injury situation? Who's a better plug and play? Like, it's an opportunity for Forrest to prove that he could, you know, be better, be better in that role than Troy Aki. So, like you said, Cliff, I mean, dudes is on notice. Um, before, I think Forrest is going to come in immediately and be a special teams ace. Him and Kalik, that's going to be, that's going to be something special as far as getting out there on punt coverage and, you know, kick return coverage, so on and so on. But he's definitely going to be an instant impact on special teams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's look at the depth chart right now. I mean, at safety, let's say they keep five safeties, which is pretty much the standard. Yeah, Curl, you have Collins, you have Forrest, you have Everett, and that leaves one spot for either Apke or Reeves, assuming they don't sign somebody after the draft, like a like a post June first cutting or something like that. Well, you know um, how they feel about Reeves, so you better put Reeves. I would put Reeves ahead of. Him. Oh yeah, just saying, right now, yeah. Like, you're gonna. I like Reeves, yeah, but one thing is, like, you are you're really gonna have to make the team on special teams, mm-hmm. which means your preseason fuck-ups on special teams might you're gonna you might have a practice squad. Yep. The cool thing about this team is it's it is getting harder to make this team. Mm-hmm. It used to be easy. Mm-hmm. Marco Mitchell. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, man. Troy Apke, he better um <laughs> I don't think the team I think the team saw enough last year as far as, you know, especially being on the field a part of the eleven. Um, so he better <laughs> you better come to camp ready. You better show out on special teams because I think if you don't, he's he's gonna be on the outside looking in. I would suggest that he starts uh doesn't uh what company was that that has the whole thing? Um our play, our guys majored in more than sports in college. What is that enterprise? One of them rental cars. He better start focusing yeah. on that. Maybe some insurance. Yeah. Wall Street. He went to Penn State. Might be a smart yeah, guy. Man. Investment banking. Yeah, he might be a smart guy. <laughs> Freshen up your resume, my man, because your competition has arrived. Uh, keep it down. Your competition is on the phone. <laughs> Ass nigga. <laughs> but the thing is, even even someone like him, he could show up to camp and, and like if he has a great camp, Forrest might not make the team. Right. Like, it's getting harder to, to make the team on the back end. I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Uh, do we talk more about Cameron Cheeseman? We need a long snapper. We didn't have we one. Did. We did one. He's here. Just right, expect him to be the long snapper for the next 10 years. I mean, ideally, hope. yeah. Don't come out here fucking up. Right. Yeah. All right. Will Bradley King... You know what? I want to talk about Will Bradley King and Shaka Tony together. I'm glad because we're drafted like what four or five picks apart, and they both mm-hmm. fill the same role. Mm-hmm. They're going to offer a speed element on the edge and quality depth, which you honestly didn't have behind Sweat and Chase sure. Young and Michael Carter Williams. It's not Michael Carter Williams. It's Mike James Smith Williams. <laughs> James Smith Williams. Well, I say Michael Carter Williams. Who the fuck is that? Michael Carter hey, Williams. I'm thinking of hoops. My bad, my bad, my bad. (laughs) Smith Williams, you needed defensive ends. I know um, they interviewed Ron Rivera last night and they talked about bringing back Kerrigan, which I I guess has been like monitored 
for the past few weeks. And he pretty much said, yeah, we like the guys that we drafted pretty much. So that kind of deaded the idea that Kerrigan might be back. But honestly, these guys both, they add a speed rushing that, that you didn't have with Kerrigan or with uh, Ryan Anderson in the years past. Guys that could come off the bench and be your pinch hitters at pad rushers when you don't have Sweat or Young or for whatever reason, maybe they're taking a break or they're, or they're out for a game or something like that. You got guys who can come in and rush the passer. Oh, you weren't looking for you weren't looking forward to seeing Casey Tuhill for a series? Man, get the fuck out of here. Tuhill, get to, <laughs> to the bench. Um, <laughs> look, we like you said, didn't really have we don't really we haven't had in the past that undersized speed rusher, like situational, come off the edge. You own you are straight up speed, especially if they have a bum tackle out there, right? And you do need to take um sweater young off. I think the good thing is Young and Sweat can both pass rush from both sides. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I will be sh- Shaka Tony is going to make is going I'm so to excited make some to plays next year. I'm so, so certain of it. Yep, I am excited yeah. to see Shaka Tony. That that dude is somebody who always stood out on Penn, with with Michael Parsons at Penn State. He just has a high motor, and who better to you know for him to work with outside of with Chase Young and Montez Sweat, two guys that got high motors and energy. Like this could be a, a perfect match for. Shaka Tony and um, yeah. William Bra- Will Bradley oh, King. So I'm looking forward oh, to it. Also, Kerrigan's not back, not because of these guys, but because of Ionitis being back. Mm. Right? Like, if you think about it, Ionitis can rush inside and outside. So we don't yeah. necessarily need, their, like, that sort of takes snaps away from Kerrigan. Because the only reason we had to play Kerrigan more last year was because Ionitis got injured. Another thing yeah. Riverboat mentioned in his press conference, he was like, you know, we, they missed out on a lot of, you know, free agents. Um, as far as pass rushers is concerned, because a lot of them see that Chase and Sweat are here, mm-hmm. like, and mm-hmm. you're not getting that playing time. And I think that's also where that's kind of why Kerrigan he has no interest in coming back because he doesn't, I guess, he doesn't want to play that role of coming off the bench. But what better than have two guys of high motors, you know, coming off the bench behind Chase and um, Montez? So uh, it, it's, I think it might, it might be a perfect match, man. I definitely think Shaka Tony's going to find a role. In also, this side note, side note. If Chase and Montez take another jump, oh my God, could you listen, man? I don't even want to get carried away right now. We not, yo, but yo, mm-hmm. if those two are even better, they're gonna like they will be better. It's like they're how much better will yeah. they be? Like that is, nigga, it's the scary hours NFC East. Like you said, yeah, we get Ionitis back. Like nobody's talking about that. Mm-hmm. Ninety-eight is arguably the best pass rusher of the defensive tackles. So yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> you never had the element before of having your second and third pass rusher, like Cliff was saying, be these explosive off the edge speed rushers, guys whose only job is to get to the quarterback. As much as people liked Ryan Anderson, he was just a edge setter for the run game. As much as people respect Ryan mm-hmm. Kerrigan, he had lost a step, and he was never really that speedy off the edge in the first place. Can you imagine being like Andre Dillard or fucking Tyron Smith or somebody like that? And you done gotten 30, 40 snaps in a row of Chase Young. And that was third and long. And now you're getting shocked at Tony who mm-hmm. runs a four, four off the edge. Like, bruh, as I'm saying, you always keeping the pressure on the offense, man. If the defense looks the way that we think it might, like Cliff said, it's scary hours for y'all, man. It's, it's over for that balling. Frick. <laughs> i'm really trying to find a weakness in the defense like i'm not even i mean we i'm not trying to be no homer right now but like after the draft with you know adding jamin davis and like you just said paul but that having those edge rushers that can come in 
to, you know, fill in for Montez and Chase when they need a breather. Like, like Cliff even mentioned, there's not from the starters to the backup, even down to the third string. Like there's, it's not a lot of holes on this team, man. And this defense, like you said, if they do what we think they could possibly do and certain players take those jumps, like we anticipate them doing and adding back in Matt Ioannidis and, you know, Cameron Curl taking another jump from his first year. Like, who saw that coming the way he played last year? I mean, the sky's the limit for this defense, man. Del, yeah. Del Rio has got a lot of options, a lot. Because we, I mean, you adding, you're bringing back this defense, adding Jameen Davis, adding William Jackson. You didn't have Landon Collins in that Ioannidis last year. Sure like, didn't. Like, <laughs> the defense we are playing a much more difficult offensive schedule, mm-hmm. which is like, so the broad numbers are not going to be the same. The defense is going to be a problem in this league, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, that shit is really <laughs> scary to me. Cause I never, like you look at us a year ago at this point and how we were viewing this roster. And then you think about where it's at now. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. It really is, man. Imagine if Jameen Davis ends up being Darius Leonard like they say he is. Mm. Like, my man. Dog. Mm. Mm. Don't even... <laughs> the funny mm. thing is, we are, we have kind of, I feel like even in this on this pod, we have sort of tempered down Jameen, right? We haven't even been like, wow, he's, he's going to come out here and dominate. Because mm-hmm. he had, and we're only holding it against him because he hasn't played that much. Right. If they do plays with this incredible motor and speed, <laughs> If he hits the ground running, oh the defense God. becomes. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to go there. Cause sick, scary hours. Because no, if this is like a home run first round pick, mm-hmm. you now become an all league, nobody wants to play you type of defense, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it becomes one of those defenses that comes along, and again, I, we're, we're not saying this is definitely going to happen. I. I feel like kind of like sheepish even saying it because it's like it's so far-fetched to think about something a couple of years ago but real shit if this defense hits on all cylinders everybody takes the strides that we think they might it goes from being the best defense in the league potentially to being one of the defenses that you get every couple of years that like okay we're we're averaging like 13 14 points a game nobody wants to face us one mm-hmm. of those defenses like yeah. you said we we already knew how special the d-line was we just needed to add some dogs to those next levels and with that defensive line in front of Jameen Davis, like <laughs> the lanes that he's going to be able to run through, like the opportunities that he's going to have. Like, yeah, I mean, we got, you, you kind of hit the nail on the coffin clip. I, I, I'm trying to temper it a little bit, but the sky is a limit for Jameen Davis in this defense, man. So. Yeah. Mm. And, and then you see what they were writing about, like people talking about, he could be de- defensive rookie of the year. Yep. 150 tackles. If mm-hmm. we get a defensive rookie of the year level back play back. out of him, <laughs> You are a, you are the best defense in the league. Yep. Yeah. I'll say it. Like, like I, I said, would just say it. Imagine it's Washington about- potentially having two defensive rookie of the years back to back. Who would have thought? Yeah. And think about how close uh, Cam Curl was to having that rookie of the year thing. I mean, mm-hmm. he probably wasn't top three of voting, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Cam was in the votes. Yeah. yeah. And had he yeah, been man. a higher pick? Had he been a higher pick? He probably would have got way more consideration. Up. Yep. Right. And we'll <laughs> see like how William Jackson fits in, but you could potentially be. Like a jet, like the Jaguars were mm-hmm. that, um, that one year. You could end up having that type of season. Man, what a time! <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> All right, let's close this out. Talk about Max, Dax Milne. Is it Milne or it is Milne? Okay, Dax Milne, right? Dax Milne. Dax Milne. I, think it's, Dax Milne? I thought it was. I thought it was Milne. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Milne. Dax. Milne. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Oh, uh, is a four-year starter at BYU. He was old boy's favorite target. What? What's my man's name? Uh, Zach Wilson. Why, why did I forget Zach Wilson just like that? The thing I like most about Dax Milne is not the fact that he's obviously not really a great athlete. Like that's besides the point. Like he has incredible hands. He also is has incredible body control. Like if you watch him, he makes a lot of really difficult catches and he really catches everything. He honestly reminds me a little bit. And I know this is probably going to get up a, a few goofs. He reminds me of, of Ryan Grant. He reminds me of what Ryan Grant used to do, but a little bit more sudden in this game, like not athletic at all, but great hands. A little more twitch. Right. Can play all three of the spots. Honestly, I think that he's going to make a name for himself as a slot receiver. I think he can play on the outside, but I think he fits as a slot receiver. Um, I don't really see him doing like some of the jet sweep stuff like you want to do with Curtis Samuel or Stevenson Jr. But as like a traditional slot receiver, he fits a lot in that mold. I said on Twitter earlier, I think he's going to surprise some people. I think maybe people write off late seventh round picks, but he's put enough good tape out there to lead me to believe that he actually could stick around and eventually have a decent role in this offense. Good luck. That's all I can say. Like, it's going to be hard. Good luck. It is going to be hard. It's definitely going to be difficult. Definitely. With the crowd, like you said, Paul, earlier, with the crowded receiving room. But I see what you're saying, though, because Zach Wilson had to be throwing that ball to somebody, and Dax was the one on the end of it. So, I mean, he's yeah. got some talent, man. And like we mentioned earlier with Adam Humphreys being such a great slot receiver, like, that's probably the role that Dax would have. So who better than him to learn from a player like uh, Adam Humphreys and a Curtis Samuel, how they work in the middle of the field. So, I mean, it's going to be tough to make the 53, but he has, he's got an opportunity. It's just, like right. I said earlier, it's putting the, it's putting the Isaiah Rice, the AGGs, Steve Sims, all those guys, you guys is on notice. Like it, nothing's <laughs> You were on the roster last year, but nothing is guaranteed for these folks. So of, of course. We'll see. Yeah. Where he's different from the rest of the receivers, all the receivers on the roster that are pretty much locks minus Adam Humphreys seem to be like super twitched up, great athletes. He didn't test well, Dex, athletically, but he, like I said, he does have great hands, like outstanding hands. I, let me see if I can find this stat that I had on him. Um, Where I'll definitely agree with you, Paul, is these kind <laughs> of receivers make, it, make the NFL. Yes, they do. I'm yeah. watching them now. He got a little and twitch. Like, got a little twitch. And like, yeah. well, look at their testing scores. will be like, yo, how, how did it happen? I don't get mm-hmm. it. These kind, we see these kind of receivers mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, in the NFL. So Yeah. So is 2020 receiving stats among draftable wide receivers or draft-eligible wide receivers? 89.6 receiving grade. That was fourth best. 3.75 yards per route run, seventh best. 2.8 drop rate, 10th best. Great hands, <laughs> like I said. You didn't see him drop a lot of passes at BYU. And I, I watched a little bit of their games, especially this past year when they were so good. Like, I always notice number five on, on films is kind of popping. Like, wow, this, this guy is not really, like, speedy, but as, like, an underneath receiver, a guy that wins a lot on out routes, underneath routes, like, intermediate shit, he's, he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's close it out by talking about Jarrett Patterson. Uh, we said earlier we thought they might draft the running back. The end up being the case, but as a guy who is super productive, I mean, I think you all remember the 409-yard game we had this past year against I, I don't remember but he's a super productive back out of buffalo a little bit undersized 510 i think he, he waited at 205 510 <laughs> like, isn't that nigga like six foot i'm um, five foot six 
Yeah, you're like five, five foot six. You, they got five, five seven. I think he's like five six, five seven. Yeah. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Five, I was five ten. He'd have been. He'd have been. But like I said, super productive back. Played a lot of football, at Buffalo, and considering the depth behind Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick is Lamar Miller, Peyton Barber. I, he he could push for a position. He could push for a spot. That man is making He's the making team. Right? You said you think so? Mm-hmm. Bro, mm-hmm. I think so. Not, not only, I mean, you said he's super productive. That is, you can I'm not saying you're taking anything Those away. Those are stupid from numbers, my man. <laughs> super productive is not put into perspective. <laughs> the nigga had 52 <laughs> rushing touchdowns in three years, almost ran for four thousand yards. Mm-hmm. Mac Offensive Player of the Year in 2020. Um, also yeah. local, local, local kid. Shout out to the local mm-hmm. kid, man. Um, with, with the Pilates, <laughs> un- he's a small yeah. back, but mm-hmm. people don't tackle him. I think, I think he led, I think, um, based on PFF, I think he led in uh, broken tackles. I read mm-hmm. that, you're right, something crazy. I think the, I want to say one of his first games, he had like 14 broken tackles mm-hmm. or some shit. That guy's making yeah. the team. Also, it should yeah. say something to the fact that one, we didn't draft the running back, and two, we only signed one undrafted free agent, and it was this guy. And we all feel like there may be a need at the running back position. I think, like you said, Cliff, I'm, I don't want to stand it, but I'm pretty sure this dude is making the team, man. Five, 195 is not really heavy for running back, but he's elusive as a motherfucker. Like 10 carries a game, you rely on him to be on the field. You're not, you don't mm-hmm. feel worried about giving Jared Patterson big carries if you have to. That's a, a good. A good spot to get a good undrafted free agent, a guy that can really honestly have a good path to make this team and be a contributor straight up. 